Welcome to the sermon podcast of Redemption Church. The following sermon is by Pastor Gary Alloway. Exodus 2. Just a very minor recap. The people of Israel have gone down into Egypt, and while they're originally welcomed as the family of Joseph, a few generations have passed. They're fruitful and they multiply, and the Egyptians began to see them as a threat. So at first they enslaved the Israelites, and they worked them ruthlessly, right, to build the store cities. And then they try and kill them off by killing all the baby boys of Israel. But one of these babies, we know, escapes this fate, and his mother tries to hide him, and she hides him for three months. And then after she can no longer hide him, she puts him in a basket and leaves him in the reeds by, uh, in the Nile River, where the daughter of Pharaoh finds the baby. And she has pity on this abandoned baby, and she brings it into her home. And this baby's name is Moses. Moses Moses grows up in the palace, and one day he sees his people being mistreated. And what's he do? Kills a guy. Yeah. Yeah. He's not messing around. He kills an Egyptian and buries him in the sand in hopes that no one will notice. And what happens? People notice. (laughs) Yes. He does not get away with this, right? He sees two Hebrews fighting with each other and says, why are you hitting your fellow Hebrew? And they reply, the man said, who made you ruler and judge over us? Are you thinking of killing me as you kill the Egyptian? And Moses realizes he's been found out and he panics. And what's he do next? Gets, yeah, gets out of town, right? He flees to Midian. And if you don't know where Midian is, um, Kyle, if you want to go to the next one. There's Midian. Do you see that big empty space in between Egypt and Midian? Yeah, that's on purpose. Do you see, like, are there a lot of towns in Midian? No, like, Moses has tried to get as off the map as possible, right? Like, he's gone out into the middle of the desert. This is the, like, person in Europe fleeing for colonial America or going to the frontier or hiding out in the Nevada desert or Wherever your place is that you're like, well, if it all went down, this is where I would disappear to. That's where Moses is. He's in Midian, right? And when he gets to Midian, he goes to a well. There he encounters the daughters of Jethro, um, who are getting harassed by some local shepherds. Moses chases off the shepherds, gets them some water, and as a result, gets taken into the family, eventually gets a wife. Does anyone know uh, Moses' wife's name? Zipporah. Zipporah, yeah. And he has a child who he names Gershom, which means stranger or foreigner, which is always a happy thing to name your child. (laughs) So first of all, was I, when I was thinking about Moses fleeing into the desert this week, all I could think of was this image. <laughs> How many of you have watched this show? <sighs> if you haven't watched the show, I'm sorry this doesn't make any sense, but hopefully you get it a little bit. Moses is an upper class dude, right? Like, I, I'm not sure I thought about that before. Like, he's been raised in the palace, and all of a sudden he's out in the desert hanging out with shepherds. Like, now he's a shepherd? This would literally be, like, you all firing me and me fleeing to central Nebraska and buying some, like, cowboy boots, right? And being like, well, I'm a cattle rancher now. 
I actually wonder if the story were written from the perspective of Jethro's daughter. It would be, you know, say something along the lines of like, well, we were out at the well, we were getting harassed by some locals. And then this like dude with a manicure and Uggs showed up and was like, and chased them off. And we're like, thanks, buddy. Like, <laughs> story isn't written to be funny, but I think it helps me to think of it as funny because what's Moses' plan? No, like he doesn't, right? It's, it's just, it's escape. It's to get away. It's to hide. It's to give up. It's to live out his days as a shepherd, right? Like that's what he's planning to do. Hi, I, I'm Bob. I'm a shepherd. Like I definitely grew up here. Don't ask any questions, please. Like that's, that's his plan, right? Moses screws up and he screws up bad. And his plan is escape. It's to hide. It's to bury his life in the sand, to assume that his story is done, that he will never be a person of worth and meaning and value again. He's going to live out his days in Midian, raise some kids, watch a lot of ESPN, and then die. And hope that he never has to face Egypt again, right? Like, hope that he never has to look in the face what he's done or where he's been or where he came from. An escape always feels like freedom, but even Moses can name his pain, right? He says, I have become a stranger in a strange land. This is one of those where I think the KGB actually is most helpful. I have become a stranger in a strange land. I have become a stranger in a strange land. So maybe you can relate to that. Hopefully we've never had to deal with repercussions of killing someone. But we all screw up. And when we do, there's always this temptation to flee and to hide and to cut ourselves off, right? And to shut ourselves down and to run off to Midian and become Bob the Shepherd. And never have to face that reality. When Augie was little and he would make an obvious mistake and he felt ashamed, he would like hide under the table. You remember that? He would hide under the table and not talk to us, which, which was a way of avoiding dealing with it, but it was entirely unhelpful, right? There was nothing to be gained. There was, no, there was no way forward as long as you're hiding under the table and won't talk. That was his Midian though, right? Do you know what yours is? Like, do you know what your, your place you go to is? Maybe it's a physical place. Maybe it's just a place inside yourself. Maybe it's just that, that place you go where you're like, I'm, I'm just, I just need, want to hide and run away and be Bob the Shepherd. There's probably places like that we've been. There's probably places like that inside ourselves where we've just shut off that part of our life, shut it down, fled off to Midian and said, well, it was a good story, but it's not anymore. Moses is at his low here, right? And if the story ended here, it'd be a pretty depressing story. And if you are in Midian in any way whatsoever, it can feel like the final chapter. It always does, right? It always feels like this is the end. And that's why it's good news that we have the rest of the book of Exodus. 
Because God is going to meet Moses at rock bottom, and God is going to find Moses in the desert, and God will redeem Moses. And Moses, the cowardly murderer who fled off into Midian, is going to become the savior of his people. And Bob the shepherd will be God's chosen one to lift a whole nation out of slavery. So that's the good news for us this morning. You can put that up, Kyle. Oh, there's me as a cow rancher. You can see how well I'm doing. Yeah. There is hope from rock bottom. Amen? There is hope from rock bottom. Wherever you have, whatever you have done and wherever you have fled to, God can find you there. God can redeem you there. God can even use you for powerful things. In fact, if you're at rock bottom, you might be at the exact right place to be rebuilt again. There's a couple things I want to dig into, but if we get nothing else from today, it's this. There is hope from rock bottom. Amen? Amen. So Moses flees off into Midian. He attempts to flee from God. And there's only one problem with attempting to flee from God. Can anyone guess what it is? He's God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't work super well. It's not a well-thought-out strategy. Yeah, we all do it. Adam and Eve do it, right? It's like, yeah, if we can just, ah, uh, yeah. It doesn't work. Moses flees into the depths of the desert. He's as far away from his people and his religion as he can be. He has zero reminders of his calling or his past. And what does God do? All God needs is a bush, right? Like, God just needs a bush, and he can find Moses, and he can talk to Moses. That's all he needs. God knows where Midian is. God knows where Moses is. And God doesn't just know where Moses is like on GPS. He knows where he is, right? Like he knows what's going on inside of Moses. He knows his shame. He knows his anger. He knows his embarrassment. He knows whatever it is that's going on inside of himself. So one of the silliest things you could do when you screw up is run away from God. It's a really bad strategy. Jonah tries it and ends up in the belly of the big fish. The psalmist tries it and ends up saying this. This is Psalm 139. You might know this one pretty well, or you might not. But I invite you just to be reminded of this, that this is the reality of our God. You have searched me, O Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I arise, you perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You're familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, O Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, if I run off to the desert of Midian, even there your hand will guide me and your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is his light. To you. Wherever you are, God knows. 
So rather than continuing to hide under the table and not talk, I suggest you talk to God. And let God in. And let God into that space. And let God meet you there. And walk through it with God. God doesn't need profuse apologies or wild acts of contrition, right? You don't need to use a ton of religious language. Like, God knows. God already knows you messed up. God already knows how you feel. Go through it with God. Sometimes I think about what I would do if Augie killed someone. I don't know, maybe, I don't know if that's a weird thing to, to think about. I don't know if other parents think about things like that. And you think that through and you go, what's the last thing that I would want to result from that? That he would be so ashamed and so broken that he would never speak to us again. Because what would we gain? What would be the, what would be the, 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 the fruit of that? Nothing. And I know murder is a big deal. That's not what this is about. But he would still be my child. He would still be my son. And the thing I would want most was to walk through it with him and help him make something of his life on the other side of that. Does that make sense? And I have to believe that God is the same way. That God sees us in our deepest, most broken moments and says, I know. So let's walk through it together. God knows where you are, so stop running and stand still and realize that even in Midian, you are standing on holy ground and maybe, just maybe, God is still there with you. You can't flee from God. Amen. And if you're willing to let God find you in Midian, again, now's not the time for speeches or profuse apologies or lots of religious language. Or to abase yourself so low you can hardly stand. Now's the time to be honest with God. I just think about the prodigal son who comes home and he has his speech at the ready, right? I'm the worst, I'm the worst, just make me a slave. And his dad's just kind of like, shut up. Stop. Get in the house. Come on. Let's start the healing process. Let's start to be made new. I think for Moses, it's this admission, right? I've become a stranger in a strange land. That moment of just being honest and finally coming to the end of yourself and being like, no, I'm not okay. And this is part of the healing process when we really mess up, that we do have to own our pain. We do have to see our pain. We do have to look it in the face. We do have to receive. We have to go through it. We can't go around it. This is the old, the only way out is through as Father Greg would say in, in our book we've been reading, you have to befriend your pain. Which is hard. And I know why we avoid doing it, and yet that is actually the fruit of how we grow. That is how we become more on the other side of our screw-ups. The promise of God is that he'll go through it with us. That if we are willing to do that, if we are willing to stare our pain in the face and let it change us, God doesn't leave us alone in that. God doesn't say, well, you're finally getting your, your just desserts. God says, I'll walk with you through it. One of my favorite passages is Isaiah 43. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. 
When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. This is this promise of God, right? Not that we'll never go through pain, but when we do, God will be with us. When we go through the fire, God will be with us. So fleeing to Midian won't make your pain go away, right? Nor will shoving it down or hiding it away. It's, it's still there and it's probably preventing you from being a healthy, loving human being. And so there's this invitation in this fashion to go, to go through it, to let it in, to let it come, and to trust that God will walk through it with you. And lastly, the good news, broken people make great soil for the work of God. Rock bottom is actually a great foundation on which to build something new. Rock bottom is actually that moment when the house has been torn down to the studs, right? And it can actually be made new, not just ticky-tack repairs. When we empty ourselves, when we get to the end of ourselves, when we're no longer hiding or self-justifying, we're often most ready to be used by God to be built into something new. When we get to that space where we just go, God, I've got nothing left. I'm done. When you get to that space with yourself where you're just like, enough, I, I, I got nothing more. God says, okay. Let's start the next thing. Let's start the new thing. That's the place where you can stop doing just minor renovations and again, begin to be made into something new. Rock bottom can set you free from who you were, from entrenched patterns, from it can strip you down to your most basic self. It can be the place where the ego can finally die. But we do have to let it. Sadly, that's the reality is, is you can always find another rock bottom. You can always not face it when you hit that low. Or you can come to a place where you go, it's just me. And I've come to the end of myself. It's enough. I always think about St. Francis. I'm gonna skip this story a little bit. But that's St. Francis naked in the town square. <laughs> when he finally comes to the end of himself. If you know the story of St. Francis, he wants to be a troubadour and he screws it up and he wants to be a warrior and he screws it up and he wants to be a crusader and he screws it up and he wants to be a church reformer and he screws it up and he gets caught stealing from his dad in order to raise funds for his church project. And this is the moment where his father publicly scolds him and tells the bishop to straighten him out and he strips off his clothes and gives them to his father and says, no longer my father on earth, but from now on, only my father in heaven. And I just love that imagery of honestly being naked in the town square. And that this is the place from which God will rebuild him. This is the place where the house has been torn down to the studs. This is the place from which God will make Francis into someone new. And Francis will go on to be one of the more inspiring and profound people that ever lived. But I do think it starts in this moment of just being naked.
So where have you come to the end of yourself? Moses kills a guy. Francis nearly dies in jail. But rock bottom doesn't have to be some dramatic thing where you throw away your life. It's anywhere that you've come to the place where you're just ready to say enough. Enough. When you have those moments, when you have those places, again, I just encourage you not to think that this is the end, but this is actually the beginning. This is the place where God can make you most new. Our story will turn from here, of course. We know the rest of our story. This is not a a new story to us. Moses doesn't stay in Midian. He will return to Egypt and lead the people out of slavery. Moses the broken will stand up to Pharaoh. Bob the shepherd will take part in the mighty works of God. But I'm not sure it happens without this chapter of his life. Pre-exile, all power belongs to Moses, right? He, He literally kills a guy. Post-exile, Moses has been stripped of himself and power belongs to God. And God will do mighty, mighty works through him. He'll screw it up a few more times, which is probably good news for us that it's not just a linear shot out of rock bottom. And yet Moses isn't the same on the other side. He's just not. He has let go. He's surrendered. And in that space that has been created, the power of God has come. And Moses is capable of letting God work through him in ways that never would have happened before. And this is the gift of Midian. So whatever your Midian, I invite you to let God in, to be fully honest with God, and to let go of yourself, and to let God begin to make you new. There is hope from rock bottom. Remember that. Remember that always. That there is no such thing as too lost for God. That God can find you even in Midian. God can meet you there. And God can make you new. Amen. Amen. Lord, we pray that as we go throughout our week. And as we sit here this morning, Lord. We could stop running. We could stop hiding. But we could come honest before you. And trust that you will walk with us through it. And you will make us new. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. To find out more about Redemption Church, visit redemptionbristol.org.